is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Are you ready for a break? Uh, Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Wednesday, March 4th, 2020, Season 15, Episode number 117. Welcome to another edition of The Break. We are live from SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star, and uh, we got a lot of things we're going to get into today. We're going to talk a lot about Combine last week. All three of my co-hosts were there, and uh, we'll be talking some about the time they spent with Jerry, some of the time they spent uh, in Indy there with Mike McCarthy, um, and then some general observations about uh, the combine, different players that are there, just different things they saw. So we're gonna catch you guys up on all those things. How's everybody feel today? I feel wonderful, Derek. It's Great. nice to see you. It's yeah, nice it to talk to you and do the show with you. And just thrilled to be here. I know you guys have been uh, been been doing things like making big moves. I've been back here at the office the whole time, and so I've missed you guys. But I'm glad to have you back on the air. And uh, I want to jump right in. Let's get started. I've got. Seven different uh, topics. Actually, Nick, you wrote an article coming out of the Combine that that listed 10 things that came from uh, Jerry's talk that you thought were worth mentioning, great observations. I took seven of those things and threw them out here, and uh, I'm just going to throw out the observation, and then I want you guys to just kind of jump in and talk about it, Um, because I thought a lot of the things that Jerry talked about created some interesting discussion points. So let's start first with... His talk on the CBA, Jerry basically said he voted for the CBA, and in voting for the CBA, he understood that the benefits uh, were more about the NFL, the long-term interest of the NFL, and were not necessarily about the short-term interest of the Cowboys. Explain that that statement, and let's talk a little bit about it. Well, I'd rather hmm, be careful with that. Um, I think that it... There's a lot of things going on there. I mean, Jerry got put into the Hall of Fame. So, you know, he's he he's a patriot. You know, I mean, he's big for the league. And, he, and this is a league deal. It's not just for the Cowboys. He's trying to let everybody know that this is big for the NFL. This is very important for all the players, not just the Cowboys. There's parts that don't really work for the Cowboys uh, because of the transition tag will be gone, and he can't get Amari Cooper and Dak to do that. But I also think it's a very important for Jerry to establish – that he is when he's in there voting, he's voting for the NFL, not just for the Cowboys. So I think it, it's a it's a tough balance there. I think I think he was trying to send a message there. Yeah, I think he was trying to. It, it was a it was a convincing sales pitch, and that I mean that doesn't mean it wasn't true. But you know, everybody who follows the NFL on any kind of close level knows that Jerry is a very powerful and meaningful member of the community, and. You know, when he endorses the CBA, it's kind of like, oh, okay, like the the most powerful owner in the league wants the CBA to go through. What else is new? And I think part of that was he's sitting there saying, look, this isn't this isn't just about what favors me. Like this this deal is going to hurt us on some points as well. I still think it's in the best interest in the league as a whole. And I think he wanted to get that message across. That's like, I'm not voting completely in my own self-interest. This this deal will grow the money available to the league and to the players, for that matter. He made a huge point. I actually thought it was, um, it was really telling. He basically had a script. He had a sheet of paper with the salaries of of his players. And not, you know, not the Demarcus Lawrences mm-hmm. of the world, but the guys on their rookie deals, he's saying, under this CBA, Leighton Van Der Esch would be making this much more money in year three of his deal than he is right now. And he went down the line of, this guy would be doing this, this guy would be doing this. And I think he's trying to sell people on the idea that this isn't just good for the league, it's good for the everyman player. Mm-hmm. And it's not just good for me, Jerry Jones. And I mean, I think you know we get on the bus with him every year at the Combine, and he talks for a while. He was asked one question about the CBA, and he talked for about 35 minutes uninterrupted. So he had a lot of stuff he wanted to say about it, for sure. I'm yeah. sure. And and also, the answers were kind of scripted because he had um, some notes, which is, I think, maybe unusual for the bus. Very. Um, the questions were scripted as well. So there were some, there were some questions that were asked to be asked. I think he also had that morbid line too of saying like this is probably my last contract, which 
could, could <laughs> yeah. be right or it was just something that it was kind of interesting Definitely to kinda, hear. It was a little dark. It, may, it makes it awkward for me when I hear, especially when I hear a person referring to themselves in uh-huh. that way. Like, it does seem a little bit off. But a CBA off, lasts 10 years. Yeah, so I, I get I, it. It's a long time. 10 I totally years for get him it. to be in the room really being negotiating. He'll let Steven do all that yeah. while he's hanging out. But as we all know, like, yeah. if you've spent any time around Jerry, it's hard to think of a day when he won't be in the room. Like, he, he's just... I know. As, as old as he is, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm just saying for his age, like he's he's still a very sharp man, still very much involved in a lot of things. It's hard to imagine that coming to an end. You know what I'm saying? It just seems weird. It just seems weird. Sure. But I, I do want to say this. I, just looking at, at all of this, I think that's the interesting part for me about the whole CBA is we've seen a lot of different um, big players. I'm talking about the the faces of the league come out and say things that that uh, kind of uh, basically pointed to the fact that they didn't necessarily believe this was the best deal for the league. But when you start thinking about all those other players, and I think that's kind of the point of the CBA, maybe the point that Jerry was trying to make is this deal is not so much about those players as much as it is those players that have that average three to five year career and and them making a lot more money over the course of their career. It's I mean. I was going to say it's no different than politics. It is different than that. But, I mean, you know, when, when you have different administrations come in, some are, are more, you know, bigger for middle class than mm-hmm. it is for higher class. That's kind of what this seems to be. Yeah. Is this the, the, the core players? And a lot of those people are getting votes as well. So it's really interesting to see who your player rep is. Mm-hmm. If Russell Wilson and J.J. Watt are your player rep, then that's one thing. But if uh, Nate Solder is your player rep and he kind of understands what it's good for, I think I think that's what's kind of the different dynamic here. I would hope, and I agree with you, but I would hope, you know, even I don't even is Russell Wilson their player rep in Seattle, but even I, don't know, yeah. I would hope he's talking to the guys in his locker room. Sure, like you're not just voting for you; you're voting for the other fifty guys that are there. You are, but at the same time, we know how this goes. And you mentioned politics; it's the same thing from this respect. I mean, it's going to still be a situation where whoever is that rep, they are still when they're talking to the, the players in the locker room, they're certainly giving their opinions. And so whatever whatever their lean is on this, they're probably going to have a little bit, not even a little bit, they're probably going to have a bias in how they present it to their to their players, and they're probably going to tell them the information and highlight the information that they think is most important and probably skirt over the information they think is a little less important, although they it may be very important to those players. So either way, the the, the point is they, they got to a 17-14, I think, was the, the breakdown, yes to no. I think it was 17-13 and one, and one abstain. Yeah. And, oh um, and so it's going to the full body, and at this point the full body will have an opportunity to be able to vote on it, and uh, and we'll see what happens. They say that'll probably take a couple weeks, but it looks like at least there's going to be a vote here in the next couple weeks, and just from my own personal point of view, I hope it gets done because I just don't like labor <laughs> unrest. <laughs> it just makes things tougher. Byron Jones. So, what happens if... <laughs> Very interesting, right? What happens if this goes past March 18th and Byron Jones is not with the Cowboys on March 19th? Well, I'm assuming they make a vote really quickly as to replace him with I'm somebody pretty, else. I'm pretty... Crawford. I believe that you ha- there's like a you know an alternate. Kind of like yeah. hockey has an alternate captain if your yeah. captain doesn't play. Right? You see that? Yes, I'm, a I'm very guy impressed. Now. Only problem is, there's so many guys that are free agents. Runner sure. Like, that guy might also be a free agent. Who knows? I bet you there's a guy under contract who would assume that. You I'm know, guessing so. Zach Martin, Travis Frederick, Tyrone Crawford. Yeah, I'm guessing so. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting, man. And, and there's there's so many levels to it. Like, you know, the, the owners clearly seem like they're appealing to the everyman players. You know, you can grow your salary by 50%, and they're going to relax uh, substance abuse testing. And I mean, guys, it will be far easier to smoke weed and play in the NFL than it would have been under the old deal. You're also going to have a 17-game season. You're also, you know, from the sounds of it, it sounds like the owners are going to have a lot more power in, in the holdout arena, mm-hmm. like, you know, basically – it won't be able to happen, which is something that would give me pause if I was a bigger name player. But I, I'm curious to see. You know, I thought I read that they were going to try to vote on it this week, but it doesn't seem like it's moving in that direction right now. But if I'm the Cowboys, I'm like sitting here, like, hey, do I have one tag or two? Can right. we get this thing decided right now so I know what I'm working with on March 18th? Yep. All right, let's go on to the next topic. Uh, this one was, uh, I mean, Jerry basically said what I think we all know, which is Dak's going to be here, 
It's really just a matter of them getting the deal done. What are your thoughts on where that all stands? And after talking to him, do you have any more insight as to where you think this is all going or what may be the holdup in this whole situation? I think the CBA might be some of the holdup there. But, I mean, it's all the same. It's just he just says it in a different way. I mean, sometimes they say, well, he's – a franchise quarterback that can get the job done, or this time he says he's. It's no different than my son. Like he's my son's not going anywhere, so figure it out. That's kind of basically what he said. He called Dak like his, like his son. Mm-hmm. I mean, like yeah, I've already referred fair. to you like that. I mean, it just happens. It's part of no, not <laughs> really. I think the CBA is one hundred percent at this point. I'm not saying you know they might not be close. They you know it's not like they're ready to put the name on the paper, but I don't think they want to decide anything until they see what they're working with. Again, not only how many tags do you have, but if the projections that we're reading are true, the salary cap could literally balloon. Like they're talking about a four hundred million dollar salary cap within the next three years. How much was it? Three or seven? It, I mean, over the course of the deal, it'll get even bigger. But, yeah. like, there are some people projecting that the cap could jump by as much as, like, 50% in the next three or four right. years, yeah. which typically it jumps, you know, 10% per year. Mm-hmm. You could see some massive jumps. So if you're about to sign a quarterback to a huge deal, don't you kind of want to have an idea of what your salary cap growth will look like over the years of the deal? Because well, I know I would. And that's actually an interesting point because I saw this morning there was a report coming from – uh, I can't remember the guy's name. It was a guy from ESPN. Uh, but he said, according to some of his sources in the in Dax camp, they were actually pushing for a much shorter term. A three-year deal was what he threw out there. And and when you talk about it from the standpoint of what you're saying, that would make a ton of sense for them to say, hey, hey, let's shorten the term on this deal because we could be looking up four years from now. And, I, and because of the salary cap, I could be pushing 50 easy, right? Yeah. Like That's the part that makes this a little di- difficult. And for the Cowboys, they may be looking like, hey, 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 we want stability. Like, it's our quarterback position. We want to be able to have a longer-term deal. And by the way, when you're dealing with that much money, we want to be able to extrapolate that signing bonus over a larger period of time so it hits less of our cap. There's a lot of things. So, we, so really, the holdup could also be a part of that, too, where you're talking about you know, Dak side pushing for a shorter term, Cowboys look pushing for a longer term. If they're if they're also looking, if guaranteed money is not the big deal there, because and, and I think it has been guaranteed money has been has been one of the things that has you know you know separated all of these contracts. But it needs to be average per year if if they're only going to go for the three year deal. But I don't think that's a bad move for the Cowboys because. There's there's some people that wonder if if Dak is even is he really the long term future? I mean of the, of the team. I mean he he's been he's been really good at times, but I mean I think three year deal might be good for the Cowboys too. Just like his agent says, well we want to get a part of that fifty million. The Cowboys could say, well we think he's pretty good, but what if he's not? You know I, I don't think it's a, a terrible move. I don't at all. I yeah. lo- I mean I love short deals honestly. Like this whole. That's how, you know, the Cowboys didn't maximize finding Dak as well as they could have because they were stuck paying Tony Romo on a six-year deal. They had to pay two years' worth of insane cap hits that they got no play out of. So the shorter the deal, I'm, like, I love that because it's just less of a commitment on your salary cap. Three years, 100? Yeah. Just I, I would, Honestly, I would, be, I would be all in on that. Let me ask you this. Would you be willing to guarantee all of that? Yes. For a guy that never gets hurt, sure. See, Knock and, on wood. I mean, yeah, there's risk involved in these types of things, but it is what it is. But, and that's but, that's you know what that's that's why you do a shorter deal. That's the deal, guaranteed though. money yeah. That, yeah. that they want, right? That's the base. I mean, that's kind of the ballpark of what they're wanting. Great, we just solved this thing for them. Somebody <laughs> run upstairs. One hundred two. <laughs> Send a text message. One hundred two. One hundred two. You want to go to one hundred two? Thirty four. Yeah, that's thirty four, right? Yeah, I can't do math, but yeah, it sounds about right. One hundred two divided by three, I think, is thirty four. Okay. I don't know. He's, but I mean, 100 to 105, somewhere in that range. Journalism, yeah. Some, somewhere in that range on a three-year deal with most of it, if not all of it, guaranteed. I just, I, Steven, we got sign it. him up. I, it's, it really like, it gives me, it gives me anxiety to think about. And obviously, I don't have any control over the situation. But so it's Wednesday. The franchise tag deadline is eight days away. Um, the league year starts uh, six days after that, so the league year is two weeks from today. Am I, do, am I right on that? Mm-hmm. Today's the fourth? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So 
You got two weeks till the new league year. You got eight days until you have to use the tag. You can't use it anymore after next Thursday. And the CBA is not approved. Dak and Amari are sitting there. You don't know right now if you can tag them both or just one. I, it, it stresses me out just talking what about I it. What I don't know is what, what the rule is. I've heard different things. What the rule is if you give Amari the transition tag before the CBA has been approved, and then what happens to I that I think you tag? have to take one away. As I understand I, it, if a new CBA is agreed to, the other tag just disappears. Like it never and happened? And all of a sudden that guy becomes there. an immediate free agent? I mean, that's a problem. If the league year has started, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's a problem. Which, yeah. that's enough. Well, although, and now I'm talking out of my depth, but I believe if the new league year starts before a CBA is approved, then you would go through this final year on the old CBA. Like, you can't enact a CBA once a new league year has started, right? Are you sure about that? No, I'm and not. That goes back to the problem so. of, of how much do you pay Dak and, and leave, you know, you don't give him a new contract and he just keeps a fran- franchise tag, but then does he hold out? Does he not go to training camp? What what happens there? There's so many reasons why you, they should get Dak done. Right. They're just, they just got to do it because of give Amari what he – and Amari needs the franchise tag. I think for everybody's comfort level of who this guy is and what he's done, he needs the franchise tag because one more year to, to show because, you know, it's scary because contract years usually get give people their best year and, you know – if he's got all this money, I don't I don't know. I mean, is he is he going to be on the field on 4th and 8 in the biggest game of the season? Cuz that was a contract year. Yeah. I mean, I am just saying and I know people are scared in this building. They're scared to give him that much money because they don't really know what he's thinking sometimes. See, I don't I could I could find the flip side of that though is cuz He's clearly not purely motivated by money. Like he said it 85 times in the build up to last season. He's like, that'll take care of itself. He's like, I'm making more than enough on the fifth year of my deal. Like he said that. Yeah. How often do you hear that from football players where he's like, they're paying me 13 million? That's plenty. I'm not worried about it. Nobody's ever said that. Uh, and, and, and it, you know, he, he had a few bad, really bad moments, fourth and eight against the Eagles. You know, not to knock the guy for being hurt, but the Jets game was bizarre. Yeah, uh, for him to do that stuff during a contract a lot year, of road games. At least I'm yeah. just like, you know, like, well, Amari's Amari, regardless. You know, he's not putting on a front because he wants more money. And by the way, this these are yeah. the kinds of things that people said about him in Oakland. Like, yeah. these are the yeah. kinds of things that have haunted him, if you want to call it that, uh, since he's been in the NFL. So I don't know that that's going to necessarily change. He's not going to turn around tomorrow and become. That's, Des mentality, right? That's just not. Who I can't. He is. I can't imagine unless Des was here and helped him. Oh. We'll get to that. Go ahead. Dave. I can't imagine him becoming a vastly different person because he got a second contract. I agree with that. Um, but I do. If I could plan this thing out like perfectly, just get a deal done with Dak by next Thursday at whatever time, probably three. That's usually the deadline, and then tag Amari. That shouldn't be hard. We already told them how to sign No, I know. Like, right. just, yeah. just, it's it's so simple. I mean, just they should have already gotten around. three text messages from all three of you upstairs saying, oh yeah, the break is said. We should go ahead and do this deal. Here's the framework. Steven, do you I have it, it, but it doesn't minutes? say delivered. It's not going through? It doesn't say delivered. Is that bad? I don't know. <laughs> but well, it, phone's we'll off. We'll it's locked. It's, it's absolutely fascinating to think what happens if something isn't agreed to by Thursday because Dak will be tagged. Yeah. We've, Jerry Jones, the direct quote was, he will, I will not not have his rights for a single minute. Single minute. There's yeah. no doubt about who will be tagged if it comes to it. Yeah. But if you tag Dak, and I mean, so you could tag them both next Thursday, but mm-hmm. then if a CBA is agreed to, Amari yeah. Cooper's headed for free agency. And that's scary. <laughs> and I'm sure it doesn't, it might say this in the rules. Can you. Can you move one tag to the other? <laughs> yeah, see, that's what I don't know either. Like, if, if you should get a deal done with Dak, I think you transition you, Dak. I don't. Well, well, but if you do that, do you risk the the possibility of losing him? Well, theoretically, I'm, yes. I'm just saying, by that time, you figure out which deal can we get a deal done with quicker, Mari or I will say this: Dak. this thought occurred to me too. And you know, I'm I'm always the guy that's like, well, they're they're gone in free agency. And Amari Cooper is a fantastic player, and you would think somebody would offer him so much money that he would never come back. But we just spent a couple minutes talking about how he's a different cat. So 
And he's mentioned many times how much he loves Dallas yeah. and he, he could, wants to be here. He could, I could absolutely foresee him hitting free agency and just being like, no, I'm cool with, with you know, like me and Dallas are going to work something out. Like, that's not crazy. All right, so we're going to take our first break. When we come back, uh, we got a lot more to hit. hit. Uh, we're going to talk about Jason Witten, Des Bryant, Robert Quinn, Byron Jones, and Leighton Vanderesh. Jerry has some interesting thoughts there. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Your new apartment's big. Such a great deal. Uh, it's okay. Just okay? What's not too much? Right above the subway. Well, I bet you don't even notice it after the... That's my neighbor. Angus. Deal that's just okay is not okay. Get a great deal with America's best network. Come into an AT&T store to find out how to get one of our popular smartphones for $0 down. Based on GWS1 score September 2019. Do you want the most interesting, up-to-the-minute Dallas Cowboys news straight from the star in Frisco? How about exclusive and on command? That's right, news and nuggets you can't find anywhere else. With our exclusive Cowboys content on Alexa, you can have all the answers, secrets, stories, and more. What's Stephen Jones thinking during a game? What's Joe Looney's favorite pregame meal? We take your questions to Cowboys players and coaches, and you can hear the answers directly back to you. Just say Alexa, open Dallas Cowboys. Whether you're into being a part of this or more into something like this, SeatGeek has the tickets to the events you love. It's the easiest way to find, buy, and sell tickets. Plus, with their deal score technology, they'll recommend the best seats in the house at the best value. So the next time you're craving this, the SeatGeek app and let's go. SeatGeek. Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time again for tailgating with the OtterBox boys. OtterBox, the company that builds wildly overproductive phone cases? The one and only. But cases are just the start. OtterBox is the official outfitter of tailgating. If they can keep my phone safe, what can they do for my parking lot party? How about protecting your beverages from suboptimal drinking temperatures with their elevation tumblers? And OtterBox elevation tumblers come in three sizes. A 10-ouncer, a 20-ouncer, and even a 64-ounce growler. Check out all the colors and sizes of their elevation tumblers at otterbox.com back to the break welcome back it is the second segment of the break live from the swbc mortgage studios at the star uh we're talking about jerry's conversation last week with the media there were so many little nuggets that he dropped in that uh we're going through and we're going to talk about all those different nuggets so let's start now uh with the conversation he had about jason witten jerry says uh he wants him back he thinks he can still play but he wants him at a different role Talk to me about what you think that means and if you think that's something that Jason Witten would accommodate. Uh, it sounds like he's just, you know, he's going to be, he's not going to be a starter. That's what it seems like. I mean, you have to read between the lines there. But, um, you know, it, it just, it's not really adding up. I kind of wish people would just say it, but they're not. I mean, McCarthy didn't say it and he didn't. Jerry just said, we think, you know, he, I still think he can play and I don't want him to play anywhere else. And Jason has said he wants to play, so it was like, well, credit like it was great. Like Nick followed the script right from the break. Like literally, Jerry said, "I think he can still play. He wants to play, and it would be a shame if he played for anybody else." And Nick was like, "Well, you own the team, so what's I didn't the whole thing?" I, mean, I didn't say you own the team. He was ba- he was like, "Well, if all of that stuff is true, <laughs> then why isn't he back?" I said, "You you want him back." Jason wants to be back. What's the holdup? Did you have Jason on speed dial? No. Y'all talking before that? Jason was staff? on speakerphone in his pocket. It's <laughs> no. like, like eh, ask, him him this. This. ask him with this. Ask him this. No. And then he, he said McCarthy's name, but he didn't really say that he was the holdup. He basically said Jason is the holdup. Jason has to realize he has to accept this role. Mm. That's so he essentially has be- he has to accept the po- he has to accept the role of being a backup and not a starter. Yeah, that's what Jerry that's what be the first time in 16 years. Because that's the question. Do you think Jason will accept that kind of role? See, no. no I think I think the problem. I don't know if this is a problem. Yeah, I guess it is because you kind of you know self awareness is always a problem in, in anything in life. And I think that you know Jason could probably tell the coach, listen, I'll sign this, but after the end of training camp, if I'm not better than than Blake Jarwin or whoever, you know, you should you should play the best guy. And even if it's clear to everyone in the world that Blake Jarwin is better, it won't be to Jason. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, I think it was to Antonio Gates. 
Gates knew that. Mm-hmm. This guy's better. Henry's better. I'll just kind of do my thing, whatever. Mm-hmm. And Gates, I guess, was fine with that. I don't think Witten will be fine with that, and I don't think he'll see it the same way. But The only thing I wonder if he would is he's made it quite clear that whenever he is done playing, he wants to get into coaching. So I'm wondering if this is kind of an entryway in, into being – I mean, he already is like a mentor and the role model and, mm-hmm. and a leader in that locker room and to the tight ends and other positions. But I wonder if he could see this as like – this could be a learning opportunity for me about yeah. getting ready to kind of be and, a coach. And I'm not 100% sure the door has been closed on him coaching this year. I don't think that's off the table yet. I still think they're just evaluating everything. It wouldn't surprise me. Well, it would surprise me, but it's not going to be a shock if he is on the coaching staff this year. Well, some of the things I've heard, and you and I have had some talks, I've had some talks to some other people who are close to Jason. It doesn't seem to me like he's looking for – learning opportunities to become a coach. Like it looks like to me when he's going to be a coach, he wants to go in and be a coach. Like and and he, he ain't talking wait. about I don't want to be a uh, you know, an offensive assistant. Like he wants to be a You're coach. You're saying when he goes to Disney World, <laughs> he gets the fast pass? That's exactly right. I, that's my expectation like for what line. he wants. Yeah. Uh based upon the conversations I've had with different people. So, I you know, again, I don't know that I don't know that this works just based on everything you guys are saying and what you thought you were hearing from Jerry. I don't know if this works. I've never seen Jason in a situation where he was willing to do that, where he was willing to take a lesser than role. Like he was willing to not be the guy. And so if if that's what the expectation is going in, like they haven't even played a down in the OTAs, if that's his if that's the expectation going in, you're going to be a backup. I don't know that he'd be willing to sign up for that. I mean, we'll see, but I don't know that he'd be willing to sign Maybe up. Maybe they sign him for another one year and it's you battle through training camp. But then again, if he's not the starter, I don't, I don't know what the repercussions of that are. I just don't see the point at all. And I've, I think I said this the last time we were all here is like, we're having a five minute conversation about a guy who would be the backup tight end. Like even we we'd get into the weeds with Cowboys, and even we don't do that. Yeah, like we've never spent more than like thirty seconds at a time talking about Dalton Schultz. So, Nor should we or would we. And so, it's how long he's been on the field. Yeah, you know, <laughs> case in point. So I just. If if this is what it's going to be, and he's not going to come back to be the starter, which yeah. d- it does not appear to be the case, nor do I think it should be, just just flip the page. I, I that's my personal that's opinion. That's easy to say, but there's a mural over there in that part of the building that sits up there. It's I don't know, maybe about but not on thirty watch. feet high. I, I just don't. You know, that's that's why this whole discussion is even you being know, had. But and, and and that is also why, you know, when you say flip the page, whose book is it? Is it Jerry's book or is this McCarthy's book? You know, because I I think that I think there's some I think there's something there that that you know could he be detrimental to the team to what the message that they're trying to do? You know, does he really want a clean slate or do you want a guy in here that's kind of kind of wanted your job? You know, he wanted to be the head coach of the Cowboys. So I think those are things McCarthy has to kind of factor into all this. I'm not saying Jason would be. I mean. I think he's great. I don't think he'd be bad for the locker room or anything like that. But I think if you're trying to send a message uh, and your own message, maybe you want a bunch of fresh voices and not a guy that's been here. That, that's why I could see why McCarthy would say, I don't want one of the greatest tight ends to ever play the game. Outside of the fact that he just may think, honestly, like there's a better tight end there. That here's, may be the, the blunt truth of it. Here's another part of this factor, too. When you look at the Packers teams, he's done a lot of different things when he was with the Packers, but a lot of those tight ends were really athletic. They were athletic-type guys. And I think he looks at it like, I don't need that complete tight end because i got a fullback that plays a lot. More so, you know, he doesn't have a finesse fullback like the Cowboys have a finesse Olawali type fullback. So that might be your difference there is that I want I want athletic tight ends and I want really if I need someone to wham the nose, it'll be a fullback. Yeah. I wonder to you know, Wit Witten said at his award ceremony they'll talk about this after the combine. Well it's after the combine. Maybe they'll wait and see what they can accomplish beforehand, you know. Free agency draft. Find something in free agency, maybe look at the draft and if the position's not any better in Late April, maybe you give him a call because there's no rush for Jason. Obviously. None whatsoever. Do you think he would play somewhere else if they don't come to an ag- I think agreement? So. 
I, I think Jason's one of those guys that loves football. Mm -hmm. And so I don't think he would ever want to necessarily do it. But I think if his hand was forced where it's like either you take this or nothing and he felt like that wasn't the right move for him. And by the way, there was another team where they were like, you know, we'll bring you in and we'll let you we'll let you be that starting guy. You know, we think we, we could value your experience and our tight end position doesn't have much there. I think Jason would consider, especially if it's a team that has a shot at winning a championship. Because remember, remember, you only get once your career is done, you can't go back and get a championship. You can have all the accolades in the world, but you'll be that guy that when all the other Hall of Famers are there together and they all have on their rings, you'll be the guy with only your wedding band on. So I'm just saying, like that matters to guys. I, I think, think it matters a lot to those those caliber of football players. Got to be a meaningful role. Doesn't necessarily have to be the starter, but it's got to be a meaningful role. And it's got to be a team that's got a chance to do something. A real chance. How long is that list? What's meaningful to you then if he's not starting? Like, like you know, being on the field for at least 30% of the snaps, having a chance to catch. Play in the red zone. Yeah, having yeah. a chance to catch 20 to 40 balls, have an opportunity to score some touchdowns, contribute to wins. He, I mean, yeah, like, do you think you would take a backup role with Kansas City or San Francisco? Yes, but. Do they want like they I, I don't, their not, guys yes, don't they come may off not. the field? I get that. I get that. I'm just saying. Do you think that winning a championship is that important to him? Where he would say, "I'll take a team like Kansas City, where I feel like they can be in the championship every game, every year, and I know they got a solidified tight end, but I can be his backup, and I feel like it'll get me a championship." See, that's kind of my point, though. Is yes, I do think he would take that, but I don't think that role exists on the Kansas City Chiefs because he's Kelsey's not coming off the field in the red zone for Jason Witten, very true, and neither is George Kittle. Yeah. So, again, got to be a meaningful role. I don't see that in San Francisco or Kansas City. Mm -hmm. Got to be a team that could win. You know, um, geez, this is – I shouldn't even say this out loud, but, like, New England. If Like, if New England wanted him to go in there and be one of their five tight ends, mm -hmm. assuming yeah. Tom Brady's still there, I think he, he'd probably go for that. Yeah. But I just don't think the list is very long. And people are going to say the Giants all day long. Are they contenders? First yeah. of all, how much is he going to get on the field behind Evan Ingram? And also, are they going to be any good? Right. So I just think you're probably talking about two or three teams max where he would be interested in pursuing that opportunity. All right. Let's go on to the next topic. Uh, Des Bryant. Jerry says that uh, he has not dismissed the possibility of bringing back Des. says he thinks about it often in the shower. And uh, so what do you think? You think Des is a possibility to show back up with the Dallas Cowboys? I do. I think at least through camp. I think you give him really? a shot. No, 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 no. That wasn't my question. Oh, on the roster? My, no, no. My question is, do you think he has a real shot of the Cowboys bringing him back? That's what she I, said. I, well, I thought I she think, said she thinks he should come back. No, That's I, I think, She said no, she no. thought he had a chance. I okay, think he has it. a chance. I think they give him a workout, and I think you see if he still has it. Okay. I think some of that, too, is kind of the combination of Jason Witten and going back to Amari of if they sign Amari and they want Amari to be their guy and they're still – liking what they're seeing from Michael Gallup and the growth he's making, what kind of role is Dez going to have? And is he going to be okay with that role if they get Amari and Amari's that go-to guy? Or I think it'll depend on that. But, I mean, he seems to be in shape. He's very adamant about wanting to get back in the league, wanting to play for the Cowboys. I don't see why you wouldn't at least bring him in for a workout and see what he can do. He's right here. He's at the star working out right in the facility next door. Yeah. You want to jump on this first? I don't. I just okay. I'll do it. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't cutting no, you off. No, go ahead. Go first ahead. of all, I want to stand up for the boss real quick because the shower comment is classic Jerry, and of course it's it fun, went, but it, it wasn't meant like that, right? I do all of my deepest thinking and problem solving in the shower. Like that's where I try to tackle some the stresses of my life. Yeah. So I understand what Jerry meant there, and I don't think. It was meant in any kind of weird way. Oh, right. Yeah. No, I don't, think, I, I, don't think, I think everybody knows that. I think it's just fun. Well, to people took it and ran with it. For the break, when we go to break, I have a theory on that, that I think people need to be careful when they when they start saying that kind of stuff. And they kind of insinuating that, that that he was meaning something, anything else than what it was. Mm -hmm. I mean, like you said, that's when you're, when you're thinking. Yeah. I, honestly, I don't think anybody was seriously doing it. It's just fun. Like, it's just fun. He People said just, classic. He, yeah. It's classic, just classic yeah. fun it that would Jerry be, has. With it would be said, on the cocktail napkins at his Hall of Fame party. Right, exactly. You know? It already exactly. is because he said Troy Aikman is yeah. one of those guys that looks good in the shower. <laughs> right. Now, that's probably worse than 
That is. Worse. I would think so. Yeah, I would think so. A he's bit. the he's the best. Um, All right, Des, do you want Des back on the team? It's not about what I want. It, Dude, here's the well, thing. Well, we're gonna get to that question. The question is, do you think the Cowboys will have him back? I have a couple of thoughts. Jerry hasn't dismissed it, and I mean, it starts with Jerry. So if mm-hmm. he wants it, he can make it happen. But mm-hmm. I think the people that are closer to the minutia of these things are like they have taken a look at this, and they're like, I, I don't think so. But then also. Where is really the fit for this mm-hmm. right. right now? And we don't know for sure what's going to happen with Amari. It sounds like it sounds for all the world like they want Randall Cobb back, but that's not written in stone either. Mm-hmm. But wait, like, where is it after you got those three? There's eight million good wide receivers in this draft. I just don't see the use for a 32-year-old receiver coming off an Achilles injury who's not going to play special teams. And by the way, we've Mm -hmm. talked about how much more of a priority they want to make that this year. That was their problem last year. They had about eight guys, veterans, who have highly specified roles who don't play special teams. So what you're telling me is like Did the special teams suffer? They were awful. And and everybody wanted to wonder, well, why are special teams so bad? But that's part of it. I mean, that's part of it, right? A lot of guys that weren't on on special teams. And again, and I love Dez so much. He was he was probably my favorite player to cover during the time that he was here. Um, Really? Absolutely. You never knew what he was gonna say. Uh, and and he would like he was very he was friendly and electric he, and you just it felt fun being around him all he, the time and he also especially at training camp he made practice fun he did you know he made it like oh, this is kind of boring it won't be if Des is practicing and he, playing well and all that yeah. he was like a Michael Irvin then yeah. what you heard of Michael Irvin and what he was to them in the nineties when it came to practice time yeah. Same and thing. and I never bought the theory that he was like this crazy distraction I you know, we've covered that we've beaten it into the ground more times than we can but. It doesn't sound like a super big positive to me to have the most visible fourth receiver in the NFL. I just like a guy, you know, he's he's active on Twitter. He he is capable of, you know, commanding the news cycle with what he says. And that just seems a little wild to me for a guy who you're hoping is going to play like Eight to twelve snaps a game, and just have a very limited role in your offense. I can't see how anybody, and you didn't do that, or and but anybody that would say on one hand, I don't think they need to bring back Witten, but then they would bring back Dez. I just feel like it's it's very similar mm-hmm. to declining players, you know, that are now not going to be the forefront of things. And is there a chance that? Because they're so used to a certain role that they may not be great accepting a different role. Um, Which I mean, Dez Dez came out and said he's like, all I want is like the role that Witten had is you know I'll I'll take a back seat. I can come in in the red zone. I can do this. I can do that. I get that, but like in the end, it's a young man's game. Like why wouldn't I just go draft? Devin Duvernay, mm-hmm. a badass who runs a four three nine out of Texas. Take him, take him. He can be my slot guy slash jet sweep slash Returns, gadget slash whatever returner. Whatever you want to do. And I'm paying him 600000 a year for four years yeah. as opposed to whatever one-year vet sweetheart deal I got to do with Dez. I just, it just doesn't seem like pragmatic roster building to me. People love that storyline already with McCarthy about the catch no catch game when he was still with the Packers. Could you imagine the question if they brought Des back? <laughs> Which, and that kind of goes to my point is like, how many fourth receivers in the league would have an eighty person press gaggle at their locker the first day they were available? Like, yeah. And and it's not like Des. It, it wouldn't. Not like this. Like uh, malevolent. Like toxic situation. But it's just like. For lack of a better word, it's like a distraction you don't need. You're just like, why? Like, your fourth receiver should not be, like, the second most famous person on your team. That's that's strange to me. So take me back a little bit, and, and for, the fa- for the sake of the listeners, take me back to when the Cowboys made the decision to let him go. What was the reason why they decided? What do you guys think were the major reasons why they let him go when they did? And and let's put as that in that as a caveat— that they let him go when they really didn't have a replacement option. Like right. they went into that next year saying, "We're going to do it by committee, and we're not going to have really a number one guy. But, like we're just going to have guys. We're yeah. just going to have some guys." So for them to be willing to say, "We're going to move away from him for this other just kind of blob," why would they do that? Dak Prescott. They wanted things to be Dak friendly, okay. and they need Dak is a guy that he's not. 
He's not the most accurate down the field passer. We know that. Uh, he's he's really good at a lot of things, but he needs a guy that can run routes. Okay, and Amari Cooper can run route. I mean, and Cobb can run. They run routes, and Gallup is getting there too. He's really good at it. That's never been a strong thing for for Dez. And so I think there was too many times that you were trying to force the ball. And when he was younger, 25, 26, 27, he could just out Dez you. I'm just going to go up and catch the ball because I'm better than you. He didn't do that anymore. Now you need to be a, a route runner. It's working for Larry Fitzgerald because he can run a route and he can still do that. And Jason Witten sort of got by doing it as well. So now you just have this freelancer guy that's declining, and he's also pouting when he catches one ball for nine yards and a loss. It's not Dak friendly, and I think that's why they moved on. So that being said, and the eight million they saved, I'm going to say <laughs> that's also a very that's also bloated, bloated contract, yeah. diminishing returns, a game that relies mainly on athleticism more so than being a technician, and then on top, like all the stuff that made him charming when he was an All Pro becomes problematic, like. You skipped your MRI because you were afraid of what it would say. You're late for meetings. This like, we mm-hmm. con- like, we're worrying about you more than we want to. Like, it's charming when you're catching 16 touchdowns. It's not charming when you're catching six right. and catching one pass for nine yards and stressing out the quarterback and all that type of stuff. And, and I also feel like there were times where. Um, you know, games where he didn't have a lot of catches one game and there were a lot of even, you know, targets, and then he would say something. And then the next game, surprisingly, Dak would throw him 14 balls to him, but he only caught like five. And, it, you know, it was forcing it just because I think there was times that just felt like he had to get him the ball, whether he said that or not, that would happen. Mm-hmm. So I just thought, you know, overall, you know, and the Cowboys made a mistake too because they thought that their offense would be fine without a lead receiver, and it wasn't, mm-hmm. and they fixed it, but with Cooper. But they did. It was some ego going on there. Of sure. Like we don't, we don't need a guy like this. Yep. That's know? why it's interesting to me that he's been so open about wanting to come back to the Cowboys after like a breakup like that. Well, yeah, and but also, I don't. We've there's I, documentaries on thirty for thirty on guys. You know, like. Well, he, needs, he might need money. I don't want to complete like we. I don't no, and I, I don't know. I well, don't I think know. guys get out sometimes, and they realize. You talked about it earlier about self awareness. You think everybody will want me, so go ahead and release me. I'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And then you get out there, and you're like, huh, this market's not as lucrative as I thought it was. Not as many teams see me as how, as highly valued as I see myself. Right. So all those things start to factor in, and now especially after having you know sitting out the time he set out. Getting signed and then having an Achilles injury, now having to work from that back from that Achilles injury. Right now, he's probably having to really push to get any team to take him seriously because of his age and because of his injury. Yeah, and he's also putting stuff out on social media, and they say that phrase "tape don't lie." It yeah. doesn't, uh, and I, I agree with you. And, on that. and and this will go full circle on the whole thing. What Jerry said, I was also told later that day, Jerry hasn't seen those videos. He hasn't. He just yeah. knows Dez as he knows Dez. I think the people that are in the building have seen it, and they think this isn't really. A I think guy. fans look at that and they're like, "Oh my God, Dez is Dez." And I, as I was looking at, it, I actually called a, a friend of mine who who used to do scouting type stuff, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm not so convinced that he's in shape." No, I shouldn't say in shape. That he's actually better than he was before, and I don't think he's even close to where he was. Before, like, like Twitter. and by the way, and by the way, he never was a great route runner. Like he never was a great. At, at the height of his career, he wasn't a great it, route runner. Isn't he beating his Twitter followers? Isn't there some? It, what do you mean? Did I dream that? Maybe I did. He's beating his. Twitter I thought followers? I saw where guys have like called him out and said like, "Hey, I I, I could beat you." So they go up there. And, so the people that are oh, actually like co- guard, the people that are yeah, covering him are are fans. Those that. are fans covering. There him? was a guy that called him out, and then they went and he. I mean, he did abuse him like four or five times. Yeah, yeah but you the guy should. was what probably in like high school or college. I, I don't know. I don't know. But then, then that led Same to more way I do people. To my kids. And like, like meet yeah, you of course. here. Of course, you got to destroy them. I actually asked. I asked Jerry, I was like, you know, didn't the sort of toxic nature of the breakup, didn't that sour you? Oh, yeah. Like, do you think it could, you you feel fine with that? And it was a great answer. He was, you know, he was like, I, it wasn't that way for me. Me and Dez are cool. Mm-hmm. But he also, he ended it by saying like, the best of Dez is the way that I remember him. Right. And I think there are people further down the line who know what he is right now. And that is not, there is not a more Jerry statement than that. Yeah. Because any of Jerry's former players 
Jerry believes the best in them. It's the reason why we see so many players around this building, not players, former players, who are still around this building. A lot of them had questionable moments in their lives, and he still has them around this building and around this organization because Jerry believes the best in his players. It's also why the, the team uh, struggled so bad in the late 90s and in the early 2000s mm-hmm. because he was giving contracts to players for what they had done right. and not what they would do. And by the way, going into that number, I remember in 2000, the the salary cap was $63 million because Ooh. 21 of it was dead money. Mm. And that was Dave Campo's first season. Good luck, Dave. Woof. Sixty-three million. <laughs> You're the keys, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And Let's, in twenty years, it's going to be what? What is it? I mean, cap? it's it, it's two some it's two something right now. But if the new CBA goes through, it's going to jump into the fours and fives and <sighs> just this in twenty crazy. years. It's going to be so crazy. It's but amazing. I've been here long enough to know, know better than My to like jump to that. Far. No, mine neither. Really? Can we get? No, can we do some work on that? <laughs> Well, mine did. I didn't know. Uh, oh, we damn. Didn't know. Okay, cool. <laughs> mm. Nice job. I've been here long enough to know not to completely rule anything out. Uh-huh. But I do. I don't think that that's happening with Des. I just don't. Yeah, I, I can't I see either. it. I honestly can't see it. And I, I think that this is a typical. Jerry's going to always believe the best about his players, and and that was what he was. That was the frame of reference that he was speaking when he when he had the glowing things to say about him. But I just, I'll, I'll be shocked. Honestly, I will be shocked if if Dez is on a roster in the NFL when the season begins. Um, I think his best shot will be season begins, get into the season, team has crazy injuries at wide receiver, and they say, hey, let's give it a shot. Same way it happened with the Saints a few mm-hmm. years ago. You kind of just have to wait and see how that plays out, and then he may get an opportunity then. All right, let's take our final break. We'll come back. we got to talk about Byron Jones and his contract. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping! Whether you're into being a part of this or more into something like this, SeatGeek has the tickets to the events you love. It's the easiest way to find, buy, and sell tickets. Plus, with their deal score technology, they'll recommend the best seats in the house at the best value. So the next time you're craving this, the SeatGeek app and let's go. SeatGeek. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Your new apartment's big. Such a great deal. Uh, it's okay. Just okay? What's not too... Right above the subway! Well, I bet you don't even notice it after the... That's my neighbor, Angus! A deal that's just okay is not okay. Get a great deal with America's Best Network. Come into an AT&T store to find out how to get one of our popular smartphones for $0 down. Based on GWS1 score September 2019. Back to the break. Welcome back. It is the final segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Um, let's jump right into Byron Jones. Jerry Jones said during his time with the media last week that there will be challenges in bringing back Byron Jones. Again, nothing that we didn't know. What are your thoughts on where they stand with Byron Jones? I think we all kind of know it's probably not going to happen, right? Yeah, I think that um, I, I just don't feel like the Cowboys think that he is is going to be worth what other teams do. You know, and that's wow, I'm breaking news there. Yeah. That, that that's exact that's what free agency is. You know, they yeah. just don't feel like they can, it's not that they don't want him. I just I think they value uh interceptions more than that. And that's what it sounds like when we inter, when we got to talk to um oh man, defense coordinator Mike Nolan. Mike Nolan. Yeah. Mike. Um you know, I just I feel like it it's not 
they don't value him as high as, as maybe the market will. So it's too many free agents, not enough yeah. money. I just it's interesting their thought process behind that decision because so many of their defensive backs are free agents. And not only that, but who who's going to be your starter? I mean, like, do you trust Cheeto after the way he played last year or Jordan Lewis? I just, I, I guess maybe they have their eye on people to go after in free agency or mm-hmm. maybe the draft. That was just an interesting, I'm like, well, they must have some plan if they aren't very hopeful of bringing back Byron. I just, I, I guess I, I don't know how confident I am of, what we have right now mm-hmm. for what the future likely holds. I'm going to I'm going to pick up the mantle for Cowboys Twitter cuz this is a debate that's been raging. And I, I I don't know where I come down on it because it's it's tricky. Like I think I think you're making a grave mistake if you measure Byron Jones purely by the amount of interceptions that he gets cuz Bob Sturm, all credit to him, he found the stat. Among cornerbacks that were targeted 50 times or more last year, only Richard Sherman gave up fewer passing yards. Byron Jones is credited with allowing, I believe, 329 passing yards on plays where he was targeted. That's crazy. Uh, And there's something to be said for, no, he doesn't get picks, but he also doesn't give up a ton of big plays or big gains, and he's just reliably there. Hasn't dealt with a lot of injury issues. Had a very good season considering he did not have an offseason or a training camp at all. I don't think that gets talked about enough. And on top of that, if the new CBA is approved and these salaries jump the way that you're supposed to, why can't you sign all three of these guys? Like, is there really not enough money, or do they just really not value what Byron Jones brings to the table? And that's, sorry, not to cut you off, but I think... That's something that teams do all the time where they're like, well, we can't pay everybody. It's like, no, you can. You just don't think signing him is that important. And right. that's your right. But those are two different things. I want to see what do they do with the money. Because if they go out in free agency and they go sign Chris Harris, let's say, then I'm going to say, huh. They, basically what they said was if we're going to pay top dollar, we want somebody with a better true proven track record. Right. That I'm OK with that. If they don't sign anybody, if they just sign Anthony Brown and they say, hey, we're going to roll this out and we're going to see how this works with Anthony Brown and Cheeto. And the draft pick. And the draft pick. But depends on where that draft pick is. Yeah, we don't if, know if where If you're going to make that your is. top draft pick and he is a re- and he turns out to be a really good player, oh, yeah. then, to me, I, then to me, I feel, again, I feel great about it because what they said was, hey, we think Byron Jones is a good player, but for that level of money, we think we can get comparable services for less, right? And, and that's where I want to see what they do with the money and what they do this offseason. That'll let me know. Whether this was a well, whether I agree with the thought process behind it, I'm completely with you uh, because that's I said that on Twitter is at the end of the day, I'm okay letting Byron walk because I have optimism that they will do something meaningful with the money. That money helps you bring back Robert Quinn. Um, ideal, like, and uh, this is ideal. Well, it helps you bring bring back Randall Cobb for st- that as well. But then I would hope some of that money goes toward. A good defensive tackle, not you know, not um, Stephen Paya from a few years ago, you know, not Nolan Carroll at cornerback. Oh, like, Pia. and it, it doesn't necessarily has to be have to be uh, Chris Harris because that could be a huge contract. True, uh, but a guy who's who's done it before. Uh, it, same thing with safety. There's there's nine million experienced safeties out there from Ha Ha Clinton Dix to Rodney McLeod to Trey Boston. I know I'm forgetting a couple guys, but there are options there. Mm -hmm. And if you're not going to bring back Byron Jones, that money could turn into probably four players who are good enough to start for you and, like, really start. Again, we're not talking about Nolan Carroll. Like, better free agents than what we've been used Mm -hmm. to. If you're going to do that with the savings, let him walk. But if you're going to let him walk and try to bargain hunt this thing and then shoehorn your 17th overall pick into starting right away at cornerback, I think that's a recipe for not being as good next year as you were last year. I agree. You know, I, I'll also throw this. I want to get your you guys' feedback on this. Um, obviously, Byron Jones did what he did. You threw out the numbers there of, of kind of his, how he performed this year. In spite of that, the Cowboys' defense was what it was, which I don't think any of us agree that that, that it was a good defense. Is this maybe a situation where the Cowboys say, for what he does, it still doesn't make a big impact on our defense? We really need a cornerback 
who can get his hands on more balls because otherwise, if we just have a guy that can basically, even if you say he can take away half the field, we still got so many other problems that our defense, we really don't get the benefit of having that guy on that side because it's not really leading to us having a good defense. What do you think about that? I, I still just can't figure out what happened with the defense. You know, it wasn't, I mean, statistically, it was up at the top. It was sixth or seventh in yards allowed. Uh, they just couldn't get many turnovers. They weren't even, you know, they were kind of in the middle of the pack in turnovers. Uh, their linebackers played well at times, but not as well as you thought they would play. They got some pass rush with a guy like Quinn, but not as much as you thought from, you know, I just, I still don't know. I can't put my finger on what happened mm-hmm. there. But so I, to answer your question, yeah, he's a good player, but I mean, he didn't help the bottom line of the defense. So I agree with Dave. If you're not going to, you know, if, if you're going to just let him go and kind of like they did a few years ago at receiver and just think they can piece it together, it's not going to work. However, I'll say this: he's moved. He's he he can he can be coachable. We've seen that. I mean, he can go from safety to corner and make it an All Pro. If you if you love these corners, this Al Harris coaches Al Harris and and Marisa Linguist, that maybe you know maybe they can help him be the, what they wanted. You know what they want for a cornerback. I would like to see how scheme changes this stuff because I just looked it up. Ironically. Brandon Carr didn't have any picks for Baltimore this year, but he had six in his first two years, and that in Baltimore, which you know he couldn't get one to save his life the final two or three years he was here. And he had like six the first couple of years, and when he was in Dallas, right? Yeah, well, I feel like he. Had I remember a that few. big Pittsburgh game. I think it he was. Had, where he, he had, had, that, that he had three. He had three each his first two seasons. Then mm. right around the time the Marinelli scheme kicked into gear, he hmm. it dried up, which. I don't mean to throw dirt on Rod Marinelli. He's, I mean, he's a fantastic coach. But how much of it is scheme and how much of it is player? Like, have the Cowboys really just not employed a cornerback who's capable of getting an interception for the last five years? I don't think I believe that. So I'd be curious to see what Byron would do somewhere else or In here. what he could do here. Um, it, does, it doesn't sound like he's going to be back. I think, you know, there was even a report that he thanked the Cowboys for helping him get to this point. It sounds like everybody's in agreement that he's going to move on and – I don't hate it, but I will hate it if they don't do something with the money that they're mm-hmm. saving because he's a damn good player. And to that point, I mean, I think when you bring that up that, like, well, they were still a bad defense, it's like Patrick Peterson's been on a lot of bad teams. That doesn't make him – I mean, he's worth the money. Or, you know, he's a, he's a declining player now. He's getting older, but, right, but he's been one of the best in the league for, like, 10 years. It's not his fault he's on a bad team. And, and that all makes sense. I, I guess what I'm saying more is – is it a situation where for our current constructed our currently constructed defense he may be a really good player but to pay him that much money means that we can't pay some other positions where sure. we make the whole thing better yeah. and we may need to say hey let's spend a little less there so that we can maybe get that defensive tackle maybe get that safety maybe get that game changing linebacker whatever the case might be what are the things that we're going to miss out on if we have to pay now a really a large contract a maximum type contract to this cornerback position I'm a thousand percent comfortable letting him walk if it means you're significantly upgrading safety, D tackle, bringing back Quinn, all that stuff. Right. But it's on them to do it. Okay. They've been reluctant to. I mean, that hasn't been their MO for a while. But so. it also forces them to do what they don't like, and, and that's you've got to go into a draft. You know, probably needing a cornerback, and they probably they could have done that even if they they re-signed Byron Jones. You still think in your first two days, you know, first three rounds, you're going to probably need to get a corner because you got two next year that are free agents. But that's also where I look at what Dave was saying about those, some of those other cornerbacks that are out there in the free agent market. I'd be looking at one of those guys. Maybe not the top guy. Maybe it's not Chris Harris. Maybe it's one of those other guys that are a little farther down. That I get yeah. him. I get uh, you know maybe you go back in on Anthony Brown. And now that gives you a little bit of wiggle room, and so you're not forced to take a cornerback. If it falls to you, great, but you're not forced to take a cornerback at a specific Maybe pick in the draft. Maybe we're comparing uh, apples to apples. In what way? Eli Apple. No, oh, no. I think it's okay. It's interesting. <laughs> there are there are bridge cornerbacks here. Like yeah. other, I think Byron is like the only guy out here that screams, you know, five year mega deal because you're talking about Josh Norman. Yeah. 
talking. Or, okay, Chris Harris is another one that could get a good deal, but Logan Ryan. And his age will be a factor for him. Akeem yeah. Talib, Prince Amukamara. Like, these are all guys that you could sign to a two or three year deal to cover you. Mm-hmm. I hope Anthony Brown is in their plans. I it, he is. Okay. I, mean, I guarantee he is. And I've said this before. That is my pick for the first player signed on March 18th. I can already see the tweets. Oh, they'll be. You know how that goes. If you could get Anthony Brown back. And then a bridge veteran, Jimmy Smith from Baltimore is available. He's old. He's had injury mm-hmm. issues. Older, I should say. He's yep. my he's my age. Uh, You're getting all, up there. That's all, it's all relative. But <laughs> You're getting up there. Anthony Brown and a bridge veteran with a draft pick. It you ain't going to be. can't corner, by the way. I can't. No, I can't. No. I can't yeah. run a 40-yard dash. Um <laughs> It wouldn't be. It wouldn't be. I would love to see that. No, you never will ever. Um, You know, it wouldn't be the best cornerback group in the league, but I could feel all right about it, especially if Robert Quinn's there and maybe you sign a good defensive tackle to help you anchor that down. And there's ways they can make it work. They just got to be willing to spend the money that they're not spending on Byron Jones. All right, we appreciate you guys joining us. We are back next week. Uh, We'll have more talk for you guys here on The Break. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Danny Sarek, I am Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?